Welcome to Warrior, the art of war for life, a podcast for those who want to win. Leadership lessons, motivational mindsets, empowering principles, success strategies, and transformational tactics from Swinza, the master of victory. I'm your guide on the side, David Boyd, award-winning educator, transformational speaker, and certified life coach. It's time to start winning at life. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm so glad you're all here listening. I say it every week, but I am. Episode 40. What an amazing year this has been. The journey that I've been on this year has been so amazing. I've learned so much from doing the podcast. So thank you for being a part of it. It has blown away all of my expectations. I came into the podcast with very meager goals in terms of listenership. I didn't know what to expect. I just knew that I wanted to put this out there and share what was on my heart and share some of the things that I know. And I did not expect the overwhelming response that I received. So thank you so much for your support. And I'm glad that this is helping you. I'm glad that this is inspiring you and motivating you to fight your daily battles. I had originally set a goal for the podcast, and I won't tell you what it was, but blew it out of the water in terms of listeners, and then I doubled it, and then we blew that out of the water. And I'm just so grateful to be able to share all the things that I know. And there are amazing things coming. As I reflected on what more I could do to help all of you, my listeners, my wife suggested I create a guided journal. To be honest, I didn't even know what exactly that was, but as I looked around at the available options, I felt like it was exactly what I wanted and needed to do to help you all take whatever next steps you might be looking to take in your own lives. So I partnered with Amazon to create Planning to Win, a transformative guided journal to help you get from where you are to where you want to be. In it, I present 52 motivational concepts from Swinza's Art of War. Each one includes beautiful calligraphy and, of course, an etymology of the original Chinese character, because that's what I do, an inspirational quote, a simple yet inspiring affirmation practice, some self-discovery prompts, and a next step reflection. And it's finally here. So check it out on Amazon.com. Because isn't it time to start winning at life? And please let me know what you find useful about it. And if you like it, Leave a review so that more people can find it. Last week, we had two of my outstanding students, Logan O'Neill and Evan Comchlis from the Yusafa Falconry Club with the Academy mascot Nova, the Jeer Falcon. It was so fun and so interesting. So if you missed it, go back and check out that Warrior Mindset interview. If you're a visual learner like me, check out the blog version of this podcast at www.tv.com artofwarforlife.com, which includes all the Chinese characters I discuss along with additional images. Don't forget to join the Art of War for Life Facebook page and follow us on Instagram at Art of War for Life. For any questions, comments, or to work with me, shoot me an email at artofwarforlife at gmail.com. Oh, and as a reminder, the views expressed in this podcast are my own and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the United States Air Force Academy, the Air Force, the Department of Defense, or the U.S. government. Thank you. Thank you very much.
This week we're talking about Swinza's five butt-kicking bootcamp strategies to become battle-ready for life. So let's go. The first half of chapter 5.4 of Swinza's Art of War reads, Entangled, nebulous like clouds, and frayed like silk strands in the chaos of battle, yet undisturbable. Incited and tumultuous as formations revolve, yet undefeatable. Enemy chaos is born from our good order. Their cowardice from our courage. Their weakness from our strength. An alternative rendering to this line is, chaos gives birth to good order. Cowardice gives birth to courage and weakness gives birth to strength. This passage describes the chaos of war and what is needed to win in that ferocious fog. From it, I've extracted five butt-kicking bootcamp strategies to become battle-ready for life. They are, number one, become undisturbable in the thick of it. Number two, become undefeatable amidst changing conditions. Number three, bring order to chaos. Number four, become brave, encourage and embrace empowering beliefs. And number five, become strong. Take our broken wings and learn to fly again. Strategy number one, become undisturbable in the thick of it. The first of Swinza's five butt-kicking bootcamp strategies to become battle-ready for life is to become undisturbable in the thick of it. Do you know someone like that? Someone who just never seems to let the chaos and confusion of life derail them or get under their skin? Conversely, do you know someone who just always seems to be bothered by every little thing that is going on around them and going on in the world? If we want to become battle-ready for life, or in other words, if we want to become ready for whatever battles we will need to face in our daily lives, the first thing we need to do is become undisturbable, unperturbable, which isn't actually a word, I don't think. So it would be imperturbable. That doesn't sound right either. We're going to go with imperturbable. And safeguard our own inner peace, serenity, and joy. We need to protect our own little happy place inside. We all need that. And yet, it's so easy to get caught up in the commotion of our culture and the doomsdaying of all the troubles, real and imagined, that are rampant in the news and social media. While we need to prepare for real threats and possibilities, we also can't let it rob us of all our hope and courage. We can't let the chaos disturb us. This brings us back to Episode 6, Swinza's Six Traps of Self-Deception and How to Avoid Them, where I first introduced the concepts of becoming preoccupied with distant troubles and getting caught up in the constant chaos, or Luan. The etymology of Luan depicts two hands pulling on knotted, snarled threads on a broken loom beside a frayed end that's curling up. A more modern analogy, since most of us don't do any weaving, would be, well, if you're a guy like me, the back of my car has got all of these ratchet straps. And every time I reach in there to get a ratchet strap, if I didn't coil them up and put them away properly, it's just this snarled mess. And no matter what I do, no matter which ratchet strap I pull, it's gonna get caught and tangled up and the hooks on the end are gonna catch on everything. And it's just a mess. 
another great example would be that spaghetti factory of cords behind your computer and how frustrating it is to try and extract one cable. Let's say you're just trying to get your mouse out. Maybe you need to replace your mouse or something. And you're just trying to get that one cable out of all of those cords going back behind your desk. And no matter which one you're trying to get, it just always gets caught. It gets hooked, snagged, tangled up in everything. No matter how hard we push, pull, or drag. As you can tell, I am speaking from painfully frustrated experience here. That is exactly what the character Luan depicts. That snarled mess. Whether it's the chaos of combat, with all the calm chatter, the gunfire, explosions, people running in all directions, shouting all around us, or the chaos of our daily lives, with the constant bombardment of mixed media messages, the cacophony of culture telling us what we should and shouldn't do and should or shouldn't be, and our own inner voices, that congress of baboons screaming and howling at us, second-guessing and nitpicking and overanalyzing every little thing we do and say. Like, why did you do that? Why did you say that? You're such an idiot. It's full-on crazy sometimes. We're talking loco. At least in my mind. My mind is like a bag of cats. It is all over the place. Just... So, that's probably a little TMI. Well, we'll go with it. I'm a little bit... uh, I'm a little bit uh, punchy today. Yeah, that's okay. So, as Irish novelist Elizabeth Bowen stated, after inside upheavals, it's important to fix on imperturbable things. Their imperturbableness, which is a very difficult word to say, imperturbableness, their air that nothing has happened, renews our guarantee. What is she talking about? She's talking about When everything gets crazy, when our inner life gets turned upside down, or when there's just upheavals in our life, it is important to focus on those imperturbable things. Those undisturbable, immovable anchors in our lives. So how do we become undisturbable? The first thing we need to do is, one, make a decision that our own inner peace Our own peace of mind, our own well-being is worth defending. And stop giving away our power and our peace and our serenity to external stressors. Simple, but not always easy. So how do we do that? How do we defend? How do we safeguard our peace, our well-being, our happiness? When it seems like the world is going to heck in a handbasket. Yagyu Jubei Mitsuyoshi, the famous 17th century Japanese samurai, is credited to have said, the undisturbed mind is like the calm body of water reflecting the brilliance of the moon. Empty the mind and you will realize the undisturbed mind. So how do we become undisturbable and unperturbable in the midst of chaos? We start by emptying our minds and creating some space for some of our own thoughts some room, and some time to just think. If you're anything like me, so many of us are like mental and emotional hoarders, carrying around stuff from years ago, and like in my case, decades ago. Careless comments, hurts, disappointments, other people's opinions, unprocessed emotions, unresolved issues, all that garbage. 
It's time to take out the trash. It's time to declutter. And I know, because that was totally me. Not only was I carrying all this baggage around, I filled almost every second of my day with music or television or distraction or movies or something, partly because I didn't want to engage with my own thoughts and feelings. But as a result, I had a lot of mess inside. And you remember what that acronym MESS stands for, mental, emotional, spiritual, and social. A lot of stuff that wasn't even mine or wasn't worth hanging on to. So we need to decide. If we want to become undisturbable, we need to decide what in our lives is worth holding on to. What can we absolutely not let go of at all costs? And then, once we know very clearly what we want to hold on to, we want to start letting go. We just ask ourselves, do I really need to care about this celebrity's messed up marriage or that social media conspiracy theory or even conspiracy fact? Do I need to worry about those fantasy football stats? Or, you know, do I really need to know about the most trending viral thing? Interestingly, after I worked on this podcast this morning, I was driving into work and a podcast by Liam Naden came on talking about the damaging effects of constant exposure to negative media, to the news. There's just always some disease, always some doomsday disaster, always some problem, always some stress, and how that affects our health and well-being. And I found it really interesting, and I was like, yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about here. We need to clear out some of that stuff. And yeah, we need to be aware of what's going on in the world, but we want to make sure that we're not becoming so focused and obsessed on all those problems way out there that may never affect our lives at all in any way, that we miss the good things that are happening right in front of us, or the opportunities to do good right in front of us. As for the other stuff, sure, enjoy them when we have the time. Enjoy them when we have the space. Enjoy them when things are going fine and it's smooth sailing and we got time for, you know, whatever it is. But when the crap hits the fan and chaos enters and things get a little out of control, it's time to cut out anything that is not absolutely essential. And there's never a better time than now. And there's never a better place to start than with all the stuff we are packing around inside of us. It's time to let some of that stuff go. And if it's inside of us, we can make a decision. Is this helping me, encouraging me, empowering me to be who I want to be and show up how I want to show up in this world? And if not, we can let it go. And if it's coming from somewhere else outside, well, we can make a decision. If someone throws a stone into our little pool of serenity... We can just let it sink to the bottom. We can let the ripples run their course, and then we can move on. Right? We can just acknowledge, hey, whatever that is, that's not about me. That's about them. Their problem. Not my monkeys. Not my circus. And this is coming from a recovering codependent who found it so hard to not absorb everyone else's mood and problems. 
I actually felt guilty if I was having a good day and I encountered someone who was having a bad day because I was like, oh man, now I can't, I can't have a good day because that would somehow offend them or it would invalidate their experience or whatever. And so I invalidated my own experience and took on all of their problems, even though I couldn't do anything about it. It's like I'd see people drowning in the water and then I would just jump in and drown with them thinking that that would somehow help them, which it didn't. It didn't help them. It didn't help me. And so we, if we want to be able to help people, those around us, encourage them, support them, if we want to extend empathy to them, we need to be in a place where we are emotionally stable and not compromised. This is a little something I've learned from my friends, the Yusafa lifeguards. I go down there and I swim pretty regularly And my favorite thing to do after a hard workout is to sit in the hot tub for about five minutes. And they're all amazing. So I'm going to give a shout out to Yusafa Lifeguards. Save lives. Thank you for who you are and what you do. You inspire me. And one of the things that I learned is if you're going to save someone else's life, you got to be in a stable place. You can't throw them a lifeline if you're in a panic. And you can't stop them from drowning if you're drowning. So a little lesson that I picked up from them that I carry with me. You know who you are, you soft lifeguards. You are all awesome. Thank you so much. So, how do we do that? There's a lot of ways. Some of the things that work for me to get grounded first is just to do a simple breathing exercise. I've practiced martial arts, qigong, tai chi for most of my life. And... I've found that one of the most simplest and effective exercises is just breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth. Just listen to the sound of your breathing and watch as thoughts come up and then drift away like clouds. And we're just going to let it go. We're just going to focus on breathing and relaxing. We're going to let each inhalation energize us, stretch us, open us up to whatever life has to offer. And then each exhalation, we're going to let go. We're going to let go of the stress, the fear, the doubts, the tension. We're just going to let it go. You do that. I do that every morning for anywhere from oh, 5 to 15 minutes depending on what I need that day. And I do it as soon as I get up because that's when I tend to get hit with all of the unresolved thoughts and emotions. That's when I need to get rooted is the first thing in the morning to win my day. Because if I can get anchored and get in touch with my goals and what's important to me, then most of the rest of it just kind of drifts away pretty quickly. So get anchored. Another thing I do is just laugh things off. Not in a rude or irreverent manner, but uh, just a way to kind of process. It doesn't matter whether it was something I did or a mistake I made or just something that happened between me and someone else or something funny or silly that happened. Not everything has to be dissected. Not everything has to be like so heavy. Most things can just be let go. So let it go. This reminds me of a great Japanese Zen story I read years ago when I was in grad school. 
the story is about two monks. Two monks are walking down this muddy, washed-out road. And as they're walking along, they encounter this lady who is struggling in the mud. Now, monks are not supposed to touch a woman. But one of the monks walks over, picks up the lady, gently carries her across the mud, sets her down on the other side, goes about his way. The other monk who's with him is so mad. He is like livid and he's just fuming. And so for the next two hours, he's so mad he can't even speak to this other monk because this monk broke the rules. Finally, they get down the, down the trail a little bit and the one monk just lights into the other one. I can't believe you broke the rules. You touched a woman. I can't believe you did this. What is wrong with you? All this stuff. Well, the other monk listens calmly, quietly. And then he says, Brother, I carried the woman for a moment. You have been carrying her for hours. And isn't it true? Don't we carry those offenses and those injustices around with us? so much longer than we need to? It's a real challenge, especially when we've been hurt or offended by somebody else. So we need to create some space. And once we've created that mental and emotional space, we can also begin to identify the sources of chaos in our lives. Is it finances, health, relationships, work, whatever it is, we can identify those stressors, those sources of chaos, and then we can decide, and then we can decide if we want to change things in those areas, if we want to work on them. We get to choose. This brings me back to the idea of how many hands are on the steering wheel of our lives, which I discussed in episode 26. So in this Pentagon principles for guaranteed victory. How many hands are pulling us this way and that? Just like that depiction of the character Luan two hands pulling the knot and the tangle in multiple different directions. How many hands are pulling us this way and that? How many people are contributing to the twisted tangle and chaos of our lives? And do they need to be there? Do they need to have so much power and influence over our lives? This is something I've been thinking about a lot because when I was younger, I listened to a lot of music and... I watched a lot of cable TV. I was practically raised by cable TV. And later on in life, it created some issues. It warped some of my perspectives. It skewed some of my viewpoints on things. And when I really started working on myself and I started thinking about who I wanted to be and how I wanted to show up and just started questioning, not in a condemning, blame, shame, and judgment sort of way, but it's just in a really curious way. Why did I have some of the thoughts that I had, some of the beliefs that I had? Where did those come from for me? And as I started looking into it, I had a whole lot of realizations. I was like, wow. Yeah, I have abandonment issues. I have you know, codependency issues, whatever it is. Like all these things came up for me. And as I really started digging into, especially like the music piece, I think I talked about this before. I had a massive love, love lost abandonment complex. And 
It all came down to I was constantly reinforcing these views and these beliefs through the music I was listening to. And so at one point in time in my life, I was listening to some pretty heavy, angry stuff. And, you know, part of that is just normal development part of life. But as I went back and I started looking in, at some of those songs and the lyrics, and I thought, you know what? Is this who I want to be and how I want to show up? And so I made some changes. Started filtering out a lot of those songs. And really got clear on whether it was helping me. And the same thing is true, not just for music, but for media. I, you know, I'm very selective about the movies that I watch nowadays compared to what I used to watch and because of how it makes me feel. How I feel when I watch those movies and those TV shows. And I don't have as much time anymore, so I want to make sure if I'm going to spend two hours uh, watching something, that it's something that's going to uplift me and inspire me, encourage me. I don't need any more heavy, r- realistic depressing like life is hard enough as it is i don't need stuff like that now everybody's different right it's mostly about being in tune with what you need what your goals are and whether those influences in our lives are supporting inhibiting or indifferent to those goals and the same goes with people if we're constantly surrounded by people who are saying oh i wouldn't do that i don't know if that's gonna work you're not going to make it. Don't quit your day job. You know, you've never been real good at X. If you're constantly being surrounded by all of that, that's going to make things really hard to push past, to push beyond. So we get to decide. We get to decide what are we going to hold on to? What are we going to let go of? And originally I was going to talk about all five of these strategies, but I've gone kind of long already today. So I think I'm going to break this up and we're just going to focus on becoming unperturbable, undisturbable. So think about this for a moment. What would your life look like if you were undisturbable? If your peace and your composure was unperturbable, if nothing could get under your skin if nothing could get a rise out of you. This is not to say that we're emotionless or that we're so stoic that we're emotionally constipated. But what if in the moment you had such strength and such serenity that when chaos happened, you could handle it and you could lead others through it? That is what Swinza is talking about. And that is what we are after. Imagine being able to lead your business, for example, through some difficult times, some uncertain economic times, like now, or your family, or your friends. And if nothing else, you being able to get through those hard times. We are in unprecedented times of difficulty, economically, socially, Politically, everywhere we look, there are problems. So how do we ground that? How do we ground ourselves? How do we insulate ourselves so that we're not just blown about with every little problem that comes our way? Well, we get to choose. We get to choose what we want in our lives, out of our lives, and for our lives. 
we get to choose what we want to hold on to and what we're going to let go of. And that includes influences, that includes people. Part of that is just practicing good boundaries, which is one of the eight tactics to transform your life that I discussed in episode seven. So there are people in my life who only have access to certain aspects of my life. I'm not going to talk about certain things with certain people. One, because I know the perspective that they're going to bring, which is not helpful to me. I give them the opportunity to have their own perspectives. But for me, I also know what is important to me and what is encouraging and inspiring to me. And I can't do things the way that they do things and still feel good. Some people can. And so it's really important to practice good boundaries and just say, you know what? No, I'm not talking about this with these people. And it's not even something you need to go to them and say, hey, most of the time you can just actually give yourself a personal boundary. And if it comes up and says, you know, somebody wants to keep talking to you about this or that or whatever, you can say, hey, you know, I'm working through some things right now and I really want to figure this out. Or I am really trying to find my own voice and my own opinions on this right now. And so it's not something that I want to talk about. And if they're a real friend, they'll be like, okay, I get it. Yeah, totally. Not a problem. And we can gently assert boundaries with those people in our lives. So in conclusion, we're going to wrap this up. We're going to bring it around and we're going to talk about the other four uh, in future episodes. But for today, let's just talk about becoming undisturbable and unperturbable. There's a difference between living our lives as a still pool that automatically returns to a place of stillness even after a stone has been thrown into our lives and we just let those ripples go and one that is being constantly stirred up and agitated. So do we want to be a pool, a pond, a serene pond with clarity and perspective? Or do we want to be constantly churned up and stirred up and agitated and spinning and going crazy? That doesn't feel very restful to me. And in my case, I could see what would happen in my life. So number one, make a decision that your peace and your stress levels, your well-being is more important than any of these other things. It is worth defending. It is worth safeguarding. And then start. Start protecting that. Start defending that. Start safeguarding that by getting focused on what do we want to hold on to? What is the absolute most important thing that I want to hold on to? It's like if you're swimming in the ocean and you've got some precious thing that you're trying to hold on to and keep above water, but you're holding on to a bunch of other stuff that's dragging you under, sooner or later, we got to let some stuff go. We've got to let things go that don't matter. Right? Like I think about my kids and when life gets crazy, they're the ones that I want to make sure that I'm holding on to and that we're keeping them above water. And if that means I got to drop some other stuff, 
then yeah, that's my important, that's my most important thing. That is my focus. And sometimes that means some hard choices and some sacrifices. And that's okay. We get to choose what we're going to hold on to when times get hard. Are we going to hold on to whatever it is, our faith? Are we going to hold on to, you know, things that encourage and inspire us? Are we going to hold on to our beliefs and our values? Or are we going to let a whole bunch of other stuff drag us down? So how do we become undisturbable? Question I want to leave you with just to ponder. How can you become more undisturbable in your life? How can you become more unperturbable in your life so that when things come up, they don't face you? What can you do right now in your life? I guarantee if you think about it and you ponder, you will get in touch with that voice of your own inner wisdom and you'll be able to find some things. You know, I could cut this out. I don't need that. I can create space. And by letting go of some things that are just taking up space in our life, we create space for the things that matter more and are really important to us. And then instead of saying, I don't have time for these things that really matter, like we're holding the things that are most important hostage to all these lesser important things. By letting go of some of those things, we can get to a point where we can enjoy life more. And it's not as hectic and it's not as crazy. And when things come up, we can handle it better. That is what it means to be undisturbable and unperturbable. So we get clear on what we want to hold on to. And then we get clear and we start letting go of things that aren't contributing and don't matter in our lives. And then we start practicing some boundaries, whether that's with people or with influences, whatever it is. We get to create our own space. We get to safeguard our own peace and well-being. So think about it this week. And let me know, what did you decide to cut out of your life? What did you decide to let go of to create more well-being, more space for peace and serenity in your lives? Shoot me an email. I want to hear about it. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. If you found this podcast impactful, please like and subscribe and join us for new episodes every Warrior Wednesday. For more information, tools, and resources to help you in your daily battles, for questions or to work with me, shoot me an email at artofwarforlife at gmail.com. Most importantly, always remember the power to win resides within. There is always a way.